Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. There is no earthly way of knowing. Good man. Direction we are going. Is that Rick Camino? It would have been We have reached a tipping point. talk about Larry how are you doing tonight I'm ready to sell I'll sell to those damn Saudis <laughs> with uh, you know with all the madness going on about the WWE sale and yes we're going to talk about that stuff I, I think um, one of the most humbling things and this is the undercurrent of what I'm reading when people are talking about the WWE story in particular is Though nobody has said it outright, it is humbling to think about, you know, wrestling, if it's a central part of your life, and it's certainly been a central part of mine before, um, that you think of it as this giant entity, but then you realize, like, it's nothing, right? And and in, in the sense that it's very probable that the Saudis have indeed bought it because they have so much money in that public information, whatever, they have $70 billion in there. And if they just break off 10 billion of that, they could just buy WWE outright. And there would, they wouldn't even need to take bidders, right? They would just go like, here, we want your thing. Now, and then you now realize I- at the end of the day on a global scale, even World Wrestling Entertainment, which is the biggest thing going, and it's bigger than it's ever been, and it makes all this money and blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, it's really just a moat, a piece of dust in the eye um, compared to other things going on globally. For sure. Now, I will say, though, they, they, it, while they may sell to the Saudis eventually, they could not have done it yet. It, it can't move that fast with a publicly traded company. Right. Um, so is that, what's, is that how it's going to end up? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, it, would, I mean, I mean, it very well could. They certainly don't need any financing, right, to buy it. And they could outbid everybody else if they want to. So right. it, it definitely I, I could mean, wind up with them. My mind went here. Because the first thing I thought when I saw the Saudi story was, is bullshit, Right. 
is yeah. that, like you said, there's no way. But then I thought, well, the timing of all of this is awfully convenient, right? It's very conceivable. Like, what has Vince McMahon been doing for months? Um, is it conceivable that the Saudis contacted him and went, look, we want to buy this thing. Here's how we can put you back in power very easily. Then you sell to us, and then you basically run the thing for us. Would that be appealing to Vince McMahon? I believe it would. You know, um, they I, could. You know, I think that selling the. I, I think that selling the Saudis short, though, that they would put Vince in charge. I don't think even the Saudis would put Vince in charge at this stage of the game. Mm. You know, it goes with the pattern that they've done before with this sports washing thing that they do and certainly priming the pump. I mean, what's, what's in it for Vince McMahon? It's clearly not just about money. If it was just about money with that guy, he would be, he would be out golfing right now. Right. (laughs) This has nothing to do with money as far as Vince McMahon goes. Um, So is it conceivable? Because again, what was Vince McMahon's leverage to get back in? and completely get his way. I don't think, I think the Stephanie McMahon story and the rest of it is actually as big or bigger because here's how I see it breaking down. Okay. Vince McMahon is ousted. He has put out feelers for months saying, I shouldn't have quit. I want to come back. Obviously the response from the WWE has been tepid at best at the thought of him coming back. So he's like, okay, that route is not working right? It's not going to be this populist sweep. So he just strong armed his way back in a majority shareholder. If you, I I will not allow you to sell this company unless you let me back in immediately two board members quit immediately. He and his two handpicked people are in Stephanie McMahon is out (laughs) and then he's there. And then they immediately hire JP Morgan to start fielding it for sale. I mean, to me, it's very obvious that Vince McMahon is down to sell. Now, does he want to be as involved as he was before? I think that answer is pretty obvious as well, and that answer is yes. And who's going to be the group that's going to allow him to do that the most? I believe the Saudis, because if you look at everything they've purchased from that soccer team on down, everything is about – we, we want to appear, I mean, because the point of a sports wash, and that's what this is, right? It's, it's like what the Olympics do. It's what countries that, you know, shouldn't host the Olympics, who get to host the Olympics, what they're hoping for is that you change the perception that the outside world has about you. That's what this whole Agreed. program is about. And so, so, so but, but it's like, how can they get this done? How can they purchase this thing? Vince McMahon sort of, priming the pump for them goes a long way, but Vince is not going to do that for nothing. Um, obviously, you know, me being back in charge of just about everything is, is my, my terms and conditions, which the Saudis would have no problem with. They have no urge to run a thing. I think that's the thing that people are making a mistake about when they're like, Oh no, say goodbye to the women's division or say goodbye. They have no urge. No, to run anything. No, they, I don't. I don't think. To... I don't think that. I just don't think they would. They, I just don't believe they would put Vince in charge, or, or that they would see that as their best route is to put Vince in charge. Um, that I just don't think that would happen. Now, maybe I'm giving them too much credit. 
to think that. I mean, I, I can only look at what they've done before. And what they've done before is they go through any means to acquire a thing, and then they put somebody in charge who will just keep it afloat. The mistake that people are making is the Saudis are interesting as a buyer to me because everybody else on that list, right, Disney, Comcast, et cetera, every one of them has a very different goal than the Saudis would. For, for the rest of those entities, it's about what's the profitability, right? How much can we pay for this thing and still manage to turn a profit with True. it? Right. True. Disney bought Star Wars and immediately started. I mean, they couldn't print, you know, they couldn't parlay that content into attempted money making ventures fast enough uh, to the point where they sacrificed a lot of quality and really not understanding what the potential market for that stuff was because they were so quick to make their money back, try to make their money back with it. So I, you know, all of these people have the goal of we want to make money. Discovery Plus acquired all of that stuff with the hope of making money. They're doing it by the slash and burn method. We'll just bring our expenses way down and hope that we retain enough of the market that we will start turning a significant profit. Agreed. Right? Everybody's got strategies. The Saudis don't care about that. <laughs> they don't they spend more money on that soccer team. They don't they can't possibly make money with them. They don't make money with them. But they but their goal was we're gonna outspend everybody. Soccer is a very unique thing in the sports world as far as how it operates. And they're like, We're just gonna outspend freaking everybody and we're just gonna put together the most massive great team that we can. They're not interested in money. They're interested in being attached to things that have a positive feel in the world. And I don't think they see Vince McMahon the same way we do right now. Look how easily Vince McMahon has glided back in. Now, all of a sudden, all of those reasons that he was asked to resign in the first place don't exist. Like, it doesn't make any sense, except they're having to just knuckle under to a guy who played the right card, which is, if I decide, I can just shut this whole thing down. So you better take me back. And they have done it. The fact that nobody is furious at the WWE for having to just knuckle under to Vince McMahon is the part of the story that makes me laugh the most. Um, there's no outrage of the fact that, like, none of the charges or none of the accusations against Vince McMahon have been cleared up. Not Hell one. no. <laughs> and, and, and the fact that when he was ousted, the stock went up. And now that he's back, the stock went up. What does that tell you about the fickle nature of people and markets and all the rest of it? Because at the well, end of the it day, it says that they're yeah. all whores, right? Like, well, but yeah, but he's coming back to sell the thing, and that means money. We don't yeah. care about the accusations. We don't oh, care no. about the creation. Like all these things that wrestling fans care about, they got to understand that they don't care about, right? No. Who runs no. creatives is irrelevant to the Saudis. And honestly, probably irrelevant to just about any entity that buys them. They don't well, care, I mean, you know. Do you think the Saudis care? Just on a related note, this LIV Golf that they bought and then – couldn't get on TV in the United States and don't have a TV deal for the coming year. Do you think that matters to them, or they're just happy to have the golf? And they don't. They don't even care. 
this is going to sound super harsh, Larry. <laughs> um, people of that magnitude. Now, I have my perspective because when I drove the luxury car, I would have clients that owned entities in Qatar and things like that. These are people who are rich beyond normal measure, right? They're, they're, they're renting entire floors of the Four Seasons, right, just so they can have the floor to themselves. That's yeah. the kind of wealth we're talking about, right? They're probably making minimum a couple million dollars a week in personal finance, right? So they don't care. <laughs> like, it's about what you can acquire because the money part doesn't matter. So does it matter that they're not on TV in America? I guess. But to them, I would guess their mentality is, yeah, but you can't keep us out forever. Well, look how fast the Saudis have basically swallowed American wrestling whole. It went from, yeah, we'll give you $50 million a show. And then what did I say when this first happened, right? I said, they're eventually going to get a, a pay-per-view, a real pay-per-view there. And then they'll get a name pay-per-view there. And eventually WrestleMania will be there. And people went, that's fucking ridiculous. Well, guess what? <laughs> they get two. They don't have the WrestleMania year. yet, but they got the rest, right? They don't got the <laughs> WrestleMania yet, but they got a major. And yeah. there's no – it went from this really house show kind of feel, like this show doesn't count, to, no, this show is going to have things that are – unique and interesting about them right like the logan paul thing and by the way people can't gush enough people have gone from what a terrible place saudi arabia is and look how they're covering up the women to the narrative changed in 2022 no the wwe has been very positive there and look they're featuring more women and they put them on the yeah. billboard i mean these minor insignificant concessions that the media in general and dumb wrestling fans in particular have bought hook line and sinker that's what they're paying for they're not paying 50 million dollars to try to make money on ticket sales they're paying 50 million dollars a show so people will slowly believe that they themselves are becoming more progressive and we should trust them with more business. And that's so you, all this purchase would be if it happened. You're, so you're painting a picture that, that the sale to the Saudis is, is inevitable because they will outbid everybody else. And in order to do right by the shareholders, WWE will have to sell to the Saudis because, because of shareholder interest because be so, their bid will be so much higher than anybody else's. Greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Greed is right. Greed for money. Greed for love. Gordon Gecko fucking nailed that shit 40 years ago. <laughs> right? I watched Wall Street again recently. And I watched Great movie. Wall Street yesterday morning. And one of my favorite movies is Boiler Room. Any yeah. movie that has to do with conning people, selling stuff, Insider trading, that insider trade, that's all the world is, right? It's, it's who's got the knowledge and who does not. And for the Saudis, because they're playing a different, again, for them to put up $10 billion for a company that's not even worth six is not a thing, right? And you have to, like, again, if you're 
pure motive from the WWE perspective is profit, how can you turn that down? You can't in good conscience turn that down. You can't as a public company turn it down. You can't as a public company. They have to do right by the shareholders. They can't take a $6 million. You know, if, if it comes in close, they could argue that, well, it's better to take Comcast than the Saudis because of the perception, blah, 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 blah. But if it's $6, million to, if it's $6 billion to $10 billion, they've got to sell to the Saudis. There's no way out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Not to mention the level of complexity, right? The, um, like the AOL Time Warner merger that happened, oh, my God, 20 years ago now. Jesus Christ, in case you didn't feel old before. Yeah. And the disaster of the complexity of that sale was a lot of what doomed WCW. Now, they helped it along the way, but the, the hidden part of that story is the fact that once they started trying to get rid of redundancies and all this other kind of stuff that you do during a merger – um, it gets ugly and it gets messy. Look at Discovery Plus. They're seemingly making every wrong move from a fan perspective, right? We're going to get rid of these things on HBO Max that everybody loves. We're going to get rid of this. Now AEW might not get the money that they deserve to get for that show. What does that mean? It's turmoil, right? If Disney acquires them, it's turmoil. If Comcast acquires them, it's turmoil. If the Saudis acquire them, the one thing that they can say is, what turmoil? Here's the money, <laughs> right? Here's guys that you're familiar with running it. Like Vince McMahon running it is, a, is abhorrent to wrestling people. This is what I keep saying. To the outside world, they don't give a shit. The outside world only – I mean, this is how blatant it is, Larry. This is brutal. The prepare for brutality. Okay. This is how jaded the world is. Vince McMahon is accused of sexually harassing and sexually abusing women. So he is encouraged to leave, which he does. They literally go, we need a McMahon here. So they convince Stephanie McMahon, who had no urge to be there, who they the month before had bad mouth on the way out the door to ruin her reputation. They brought her back. You know why they brought her back to be co-CEO? Because of her last name, nothing more. It had nothing to do with their experience because that job had nothing to do with what she had done for them before. Nothing. Literally they went, as long as a McMahon is here, Everyone will be okay. And they were absolutely right. (laughs) It's as jaded as, as long as it feels familiar to people, they're okay with it. And that's exactly what happened. And, And now that Vince McMahon was back, literally Stephanie McMahon steps away and then puts in her thing, which is as positive as it could be on the surface. It's kind of like a Larry Goodman review. Right? If you're reading it on the surface, you go, oh, that was a great show. But if you know what you're reading, you go, oh, he hated this match, and he hated that match, right? Stephanie McMahon's thing, if you break it down, appears on the surface to be rah, rah, go, it's going to be great. But there was also the undercurrent of, I'm going to go ahead and announce that I'm going to have nothing to do with this fucking bullshit anymore. That's almost literally what she said. 
fuck this shit. I am out. I am not only, I'm not taking a leave of absence. I'm not taking a blah, blah, blah. I am done, which is much harsher than what she had said initially when she left. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. That tells me that there's a lot going on. Um, And what it tells me is there are obviously things in motion. I'm not saying it's guaranteed to be the Saudis. I'm not, but I am saying that all signs point to who convinced Vince McMahon to do this move now. It's nothing he would have thought of himself, honestly. Um, what has he been doing for the last few months? He hasn't shown up anywhere, right? Well, except, I, you know, I, I, except with his mist, except with his new girlfriend or whatever, you know. An alternative view would be that. He got wind that they – well, of course, he knows the rights deal's coming up, and that, that negotiation will start by mid-year, not much past mid, mid-year. He knows that. Did they already engage J.P. Morgan, and he found out? He knew about it. So he knew the wheels were in motion With once they engaged J.P. Morgan, even though they didn't announce that until just recently. So he right. knew this is, this is, this, he's got to get in there now. He's, he he can't wait. He's got to get in. He's got to make his move. And again, you know, who's the one entity that has the power to supersede everything? And it's the Saudis. Everybody else, nobody, none of those other entities want to engage in a bidding war. Disney paid how much for Star Wars? Not a lot compared to what the WWE costs, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And. Are you telling me Star Wars doesn't have a bigger return for Disney than the WWE is not worth $6 billion to Disney. I just don't believe that for a second. Star Wars cost a billion. I can go on the Millennium Falcon ride. What the fuck could I do if I had the WWE and Disney? (laughs) Well, one one other question, but, and then I want, I want to talk for just a couple minutes about your idea about IWTV and ring of honor. Before before we get cruel on here at, at yeah. seven o'clock, so do you think it's worth uh, six billion to any of these media companies? No, even in the Amazon or a I, I also think that it's the timing of the sale before they negotiate for the TV deals. I think that's pretty telling, also. Well, it has to be because otherwise they're saddled with the deals. Right. Well, they, they're I mean, stuck with the deals. But if they're but if they are so sure that they're going to replicate or increase those deals, mm-hmm. wouldn't that be part of the? But I'm I'm convinced that they see again. And who's the one entity for whom those TV deals are really moot? It's the Saudis, right? True. Everybody else would care. How much are we going to get? What's our return on investment going to be? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And those answers might not be positive. It's, it's worth noting, by the way, Stephanie McMahon out because in essence, all they needed was her last name. But Nick Khan most certainly remains because he's responsible for the negotiating those deals. That's mm-hmm. his claim to fame. Um, so you got to keep him. And, you, and they announced very prominently, don't worry, he's still the CEO. 
I mean, they, that's all I ever saw was, don't worry, Nick Khan's still there. Don't worry, Nick Khan's still there. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I just can't imagine. I think we're going through a weird flux where for a while it was content by any means necessary. And that's when the UFC sold, and that was a very smart thing for them to do at that time. They sold at their apex. Mm-hmm. And no doubt, and like when when they still had Conor McGregor and Ronda Rousey as this appearance of crossover media stars. Who's a crossover UFC media star now? They don't um, have one. Um. <laughs> right? They don't have one. And no. and I mean, I cannot think of a better time for the WWE to sell than right I, now. I, honestly, I can't either. If if the Saudis weren't. On the t- involved in this, I'd be so wanting to short this st- stock up at ninety bucks, up near its all-time high. It's double topped out at ninety-six dollars. But if the Saudis take it, that 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 price of the shareholders could be one hundred and ten. If if it turns yeah. out it does go to the Saudis, because they won't give a shit about the about the price. Now, part of the Saudi thing that I thought was interesting, and again, I'm sure this was just bullshit speculating speculating by people. But if they were to, to take the thing private, what does that mean? How do you how do you deal with stockholders if you decide to take a company private again? Oh, well, then it's real easy. I mean, well, that, maybe it's not real easy, but all they have to do is Assuming then, they have Vince McMahon agreeing to all of this, right? So so what does that mean? That means they do their they've done their due diligence and decided that this is the best deal for the company and then the shareholders get the get whatever price the Saudis agree to pay per share. So if they say, yeah, we're going to whatever, the, however that breaks down and by the numbers of shares there are, by ten billion dollars or eleven billion, that's what the shareholders get, and that's over, you know. So the shareholders get their money, and, and, and that's the, how a company is bought, right? And then, yeah, I mean, that's the, the Gordon Gecko speech happens because he's trying to convince the stockholders of Teldar Paper to sell because he's saying, like, you know what, you'll make money. And he goes, let's not fool ourselves. This isn't about a company. This isn't about people. This is your, your stockholders because you want to make money. He goes on in that speech, the famous Gordon Gecko speech, ripping apart the executive staff. He's like, there's 53 vice presidents that make an average of 100 and blah, 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 thousand. I don't even know what any of these guys do. That's what you're currently paying for. What I'm offering is I'm going to buy this company, break it up into pieces, sell it for money, and you're going to get X amount for your stock. And isn't that what you all, got stock for in the first place? That's how he wins the argument, right? Then that's then that's so. that's all this boils down to. I saw on, on uh, uh, Meltzer's site that there was a story about a, a um, sh- uh, class action suit against WWE. Well, okay, what's the basis for that? That's not going to go anywhere if the stockholders the, the stock price has gone up, and it's going to go up again if they sell to the Saudis. Well, who, what's your basis of your lawsuit? You made money. Yeah. <laughs> so and, and, and for anybody who thinks this is unprecedented, I mean, we've gone through in, in America, we've gone through this many times, right? So like the the Japanese buying a ton of property in the '80s, and like this is not new, right? This idea. The only difference is the Japanese didn't need to shore up their rep. They didn't do it primarily to shore up their reputation. They did it to make money. Everybody who's done this before has done it to make money. That's why I think the Saudi thing is so interesting because they've never made money as far as dealing with the WWE. That was never their goal, and it continues to not be their goal. It's, their goal is exclusively to improve their public image. 
through sports. And, um, and you can talk about, like, the golf thing is probably not as successful, but their soccer team certainly is as far as shoring up their reputation. And the WWE has done wonders for them as far as their reputation goes. Just by putting a woman's face on a billboard, people were backflipping as if they still aren't trying to kill gay people and throwing them off the roof, right? <laughs> so, like, one thing we've seen in the past is oh, God. nobody's easier to turn than a wrestling fan. And for all the people saying, if they sell to the Saudis, I'm out, you, you and I both know, Larry, that that is not true. <laughs> that... Because the Saudis will do the one thing that nobody else will, which is leave it alone. It will just run. Now, it won't be good, but it hasn't been good in 20 years. So <laughs> with Vic McMahon yeah. there, some superficial things will be worse. But honestly, has Triple H done anything in the last few months that has been significant beyond bringing back a bunch of people that they still don't know what to do with? I don't yeah, know. I mean, it's it, it, it's 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 definitely a better product. Particularly, SmackDown is a definitely a way better product. But yes, um, yeah, within limits, within limits of improvement. Yeah, but you know, at the end of the day, it's still like, I mean, NXT. I'll just say it: NXT is unbearable, right? It is awful television. And again, who's the one that doesn't care about? That? I'll tell you what: people should be really worried about. Not that the Saudi thing isn't worrisome for different reasons, but if Comcast gets that fucking thing, it's a whole different animal. They'll just, you know, they'll start, they'll, they'll worry, they'll have bean counters all over the place. Yeah. Cost ratio to this, that, and the other. The performance center will look very different. You know, like that kind of stuff will change under anybody else's regime. Because they'll they'll start once the bean counters get in there, it it changes everything. Because there's very little that's practical. Because the WWE doesn't make their money, they haven't been hungry in years, right? So they don't they make a profit in spite of who they are, not because of it, right? Well, they make a profit all, because of TV deals. All you have to do is um, look at the last few years of, of of terrible creative, and the money just kept rolling in, rolling in, rolling in. It made no difference. The money rolls in. And, and people are under this, like, mistaken notion that they're like, oh, you know, ticket sales are way up. No, ticket sales for big events are fine. But as far as – they still cancel shows left and right. I don't even think – that's not even a story anymore. It's been happening so long, people don't even report on it anymore. But they cancel at least a show a month. They, they didn't do a Raw. They, they had a chance to do a live Raw, and they said, well, it's better for us to only get a million people watching a highlight clip package than to bother put a production at one of the two shows that we're doing that night. Mm-hmm. That should tell people everything, that they don't give a shit. They don't care. They're not fighting because they don't need to fight. It's AEW that's fighting for their lives. Right? Yeah. They sure are. <laughs> well, I'm sure we got we got cool to talk to. I'm, has he yeah, you know in? your 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 timing is uh-huh, is perfect because as, as the yeah. words came out of your mouth, as the words came out of your mouth, cruel came on the line. So let's get two-time Georgia Wrestler of the Year, former IWTV champion, 
and many other things. Let's see if we can get them on here. Let's see if this switchboard will work. Here he is. Hey, guys. I hope. Hey. hey, how you doing, man? I'm good, guys. How are you, Larry, Stephen? Always a pleasure. Yes, sir. Pleasure to have you. So cool. Um, I was going to introduce you in this way. I was going to say you're one of the smartest guys that I know who's currently wrestling, um, which might seem like a backhanded compliment. <laughs> but I gotta, I'm going to ask the hard question right off the jump. So you're no longer under the MLW deal. How do you feel I'm, about that? Does that make you scared? Because, I mean, you know, that's a, to, get, to be one of the first guys in recent times who's gotten a legitimate deal and then going through COVID and going through at times what looked like they didn't know what they wanted to do with you, and then all of a sudden everything hit, there's all this momentum. You literally have an action figure coming out that's so exciting, right? You're getting to live so many parts of this wrestling dream but now you're not with MLW anymore. How do you feel about that? So I'm going to – I'll preface this by saying that uh, the the MLW experience was – it was perfect for me. You know, it was exactly what I needed at the very right time in my career. And I'll talk more about it later. So, But it was a great experience all the way around, working with, with Cork and MSL and all the talent there. Uh, you know, it was a, it was a great experience. Um now that being said, you know, the release was was my idea. I asked for it um, back in it was the sh- it was the night after the Atlanta MLW show, mm-hmm. and uh, the, it was just you know in my mind there was a lot happening behind the scenes uh, with what I was doing everywhere else, and I had been fighting for a long time, you know, for for that you know I felt like. Cruel was was what needed to be in MLW, and I thought we had done exactly what we needed to do for a backstory to bring him in, um, and the realization of it being one and the same. And that was kind of my idea for the whole character, and you know, Mads Kruger, and and you know, it, that is where Cruel come from. And and so I, I've given Court credit for that before. I was like, hey, you helped me create something that was that I never dreamed of. You know, and and then honestly, if you go back to when I signed with MLW, you know, that was what I've been missing my entire career. Even though, you know, you guys and, you know, Rick Michaels would be the first to tell you he hates anything to do with this mask. But um, that that character, Logan Creed, didn't have anything to build on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was one of the biggest things that I learned through this three years was that it made sense. When it finally made sense of what they meant by that, that's when I really started to understand the potential of what a character in pro wrestling is. So, yeah, you know, the the release came... I mean, absolutely. That's Again, I don't know if... I mean, we're, you know, we have the Georgia Wrestling History Awards and all that shit. But the, but the truth is, like, who's male performer of the year? It's you, right? Who's wrestler of the year? It's you in the sense that nobody, and I mean in wrestling, I mean, let me just say that, in wrestling in the last two years, 
has done a better job of adapting to wherever they wrestled and becoming a thing instantly. I have not, I've followed the deathmatch scene for years now, thanks to Jeff G. Bailey, really. And I've never seen anybody step in and just get it. I was there at your debut at MLW. I was there at your debut at ICW. And I consider myself very fortunate because I got to see a guy who just has it, just has it. And I got to, I got to ask this. Are you, I mean, what's your thoughts now? Is it AEW? Is it WWE? Is it continuing to just sort of make money in the way that you're doing in the wrestling business? Like what's your plan? Or or you may not want to reveal it. I get that. But what are your thoughts now? Um, Because I imagine there's going to be a bunch of people interested. My thoughts going to be the same as it was when the MLW came. You know, I've I've always wanted to work for a company. I enjoy working with people. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I st- we I still do this in my daily life. So like, let's just break all the walls. Like, you know what I mean? I I work with people every single day of my life. I enjoy it, and I enjoy working for companies where you get to create and and do that with other people. You know, just you know, going back to the MLW. One of the best last year was one of the best years of my life, wrestling wise, everything. Um, and, you know, in the middle of the summer, and Fatu and I are in this feud together, and you know, I'm working you know side by side with Court on all the stuff we're going to do in these matches, and those matches are incredible that we had. And it's just you know, it's it's the joy of getting to be there and work with people who are of the same mind. And just driven, like, this is it. This is all, you know, this is all we think about every single day, you know. And it's not just a match. It's what can we do to create something to get to a match that is just in the middle of it all. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, the match is just the middle of it. It's just a kind of a speed bump in the story you're trying to tell. Yeah, it's just a medium of exchange. That's what pro wrestling is, right? It's... Right. It's conflicts and stories wherein in the ring you find some kind of resolution or, or change in the story arc. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, the big fight feel is really about the culmination of a story that you're telling. And uh, I thought right. that, you know, you, you figured that out and are doing that as well as anybody. But, you know, going back to what the question you asked, I, I, I want to work with a company. So whether it be AEW, WWE, um, you know, it, New Japan, I don't care, you know, Impact. The, I, there's so many people at every one of those companies that I can just continue to learn from and 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 continue to grow as a person, as a, you know, professionally and, and you know, personally. One more MLW question. I'm, I'm wondering how much your decision to leave was influenced by, I mean, just looking at it from the outside, their struggles to like, you know, keep a consistent talent roster and, you know, the, you know, pretty consistent rumors of financial difficulties for them. Um, was that, did that factor in for you? You know, it, here's, and I'll just, this is, this is honestly why I left. They, they know why I left. We had the conversation, obviously, when I asked for my release. Um, 
COVID happened during this, and that was nobody's fault. Nobody could help that. But, you know, from the first day I walked in, nobody really knew what they wanted to do with me. You know Absolutely what I mean? Right. There was, yeah. There was so just – it was just up in the air. It was just like, okay, here's this guy. And, you know, I, I swear I can remember it. Like, that day was so weird because I didn't even feel like half the people even knew I was supposed to be there. And then when they realized that I was somebody there and actually doing something, they were like, wait, who is this guy? Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, Logan, so, if I can tell this story, we're literally, as you're making your debut, you and I are texting back and forth furiously before you come out for that fucking battle royal of they don't even know what to call me. So, Larry, imagine this, Larry. <laughs> so he's texting me. I'm pitching names. I'm pitching names, and then he's just like, okay, I'm going to throw this one at him. I'm going to throw that one at him. Imagine how insane that is. They didn't even know what to call him on his debut. And I mean, because what was their original idea? It was so awful. Their, their idea was so terrible that, like, we were doing anything we could to get them off of it. So it wasn't Grogan because that was pretty bad. Grogan. Grogan oh, my God. That was yeah, one of that them. Was the- yeah, well, no, that was the name they actually gave me to start with. Yeah. Thank God, nobody, only a few people remember that, and it's very much a a joke. Um, but that was my name, uh, let's see, the first two shows, so until we got to Dallas, uh, where because, they because did they debut me. Gorgon, which isn't Gorgon. great, but it's certainly better than Grogan. I was like, oh, my God. And, I mean, well, you and know, again, we were all, we were only you were going over for uh, having a having a spat with Disney because um, you know then Baby Yoda come along and he had the same name just moved it around. But, <laughs> <laughs> but and so Larry, imagine so I'm I'm excited, right? I'm at this like weird little club in Orlando. It's packed. Everyone's excited. Priscilla Kelly, by the way, made her debut as the Spider Lady unmasked, and that match was so nakedly awful. It was so terrible. It's probably unintentionally the best bad match Priscilla Kelly ever had. Because it le- cause they were clearly going to sign her and do stuff with her, but that thing was so awful that she never really appeared for them again. And then eventually got the NXT thing. But, like, the other thing was just, I mean, he's debuting, Larry. And in the Battle Royal, kicking everybody's ass – and then who did you beat at the end of that battle royal? It was like Timothy Thatcher or something like that. It was, it was just like, yeah. It, was me and yeah. it could, could not have been put over bigger. Hits the freaking dive. I mean, just does all of his great shit. And then, it's like they don't know what his name is. And I thought to myself, like, it's a little crazy that they don't already have a vision. You know, they went through a whole negotiating process with him, which I was privy to just a little bit of that, right? And they didn't right. have a vision for what they even wanted your name to be. So did did, did that kind of thing continue? Uh, it did. Um, you know, like I said, that first few months was just really weird. And, you know, like I said, it changed. MJF last show, we did a promo together, and I was still Grogan then. But then that night, I debuted as Logan Creed. That was supposed to be the split off from the dynasty. They just thought, I, I really feel like that, and thank God, but everybody involved in it, as far as the boys go, was like, we do not need this guy. We've got Hammer. And, you know, like, why do you, why does Hammer need a monster around? You know, it just, it really didn't make sense. Um, 
So, but then COVID happens, so we're shut down. Yeah. And so we start doing these videos, and they're doing, I forgot what they called it, but they're just putting up these little short two, three-minute videos every week of what all the talent is doing. And so I'm cutting these promos as Logan Creed, and we get to a week before the tapings in October of – um, I guess that was 2020, 2021, 2020. Yep. And so <laughs> he calls me a week before and he says, hey, we've got an idea. And I was like, okay, so we're not going to do Logan. He said, I want you to be a mask character. And um, he told me the name. Oh, no, we didn't. I don't know if we even had a name yet then. But anyway, he, he just tell, he pitches me the idea of putting me with Contra. So he sends me the mask that they're going to put me in in Contra, and, the, and I was immediately, now I'm back to day one, like, with the name thing. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, this is horrible. Like, you know, it's a, it's a cold-weather mask. Like, what, you know what I mean? Like, there's nothing. I was like, hey, we could really make something cool out of this. He's like, no, no, this is how I want it to look. And so we, we do it. And the mask they had, they had the mask there. It didn't fit my head, the tapings, for three days. <laughs> So I had to cut like a, I had to cut some stuff off of another one that they had because they had them just laying around for the contra deal, and tie it together and it was buttoned to my head, and I had like tape under the mask like tape to my head on both sides so it would try to stay on, and so I did that I did that for three days, never complained I just did it, and all of a sudden. I get a call after those three days of tape, and he's like, man, I really like this. And so he bought into it. And once again, I wouldn't find out until later on the next year when we started planning the Contra split and then me and the Fatu feud that the only point to the character was just to get them back to where they could have fans and they could do the title match with Fatu and Hammer. So I was just going to be written off again after that. Uh, and but the work that I did he saw something and I saw something in it you know five minutes after I was looking at it in the car when he called me the first time because my mind went immediately to what you see now mm -hmm, I mean that mm -hmm. was that moment is when I started designing and creating the cruel character because I said hey this could be something really interesting you know but like you know, and that's so that was another thing. And then, but like I said, last year it was great. Like everything was really firing on all cylinders. We were doing good stuff. We were definitely doing good TV. I mean, there was no doubt about that. I could tell. Um, but then we got towards, you know, the summer, and it was like we were right back to day one again. Like nobody knew what was going on. I had kind of demanded. In a, in a sense, that the mask go away because the, the one that they had me wearing, it was just, it was all over my face. And I tripped one night trying to do something because I couldn't see. Yeah. And I, like, hurt my knee. And I was like, hey, this is it. I was like, I've got a mask. I've got a professionally made mask that fits my head. It doesn't move. You know, I'm going to hurt myself or somebody else if I have to continue to wear this. There's no reason we can't get to this. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah. We, and that was kind of the, where the idea for the, the match Fatu and I had uh, the Weapons of Mass Destruction match. 
And, man, we did an awesome deal after that. We did these videos with Prince Nana was there, and he was going to be, like, the guy that, like, that was I was returning home. And he was going to introduce the new mask, and it was going to be this huge deal. And then Nana left, you know, and we know where he is now. <laughs> yeah. And that it, it was like that just shot all of it in the foot. Like, it was like, yep, all right, we're not doing this. And so they did, you know, I, they battle riot would been my return with the new mask, and it was nothing. I just kind of got stuck in the middle of the, the deal, and I was like, man, we not, not, not even on a personal, like, you know, selfish level, but in my mind, you're missing an opportunity to make money off of something that you built all year. And then we just throw it, you know. So after so that Atlanta, was kind of, was it supposed yeah, to go to you and Mance Warner after after Atlanta? Was that going to be was that their idea that that's yeah, where you, it, that it you were going to? Yeah, it would have that would have been a feud, and that was another thing too that kind of come up right there at the end. And I was already frustrated by that point, but they were like, "We want to do a death match in Atlanta with you and Mance," and I was like, "There's no, there was no build. Like we just no, it was it was so why? strange watching it that night. Like, well, why are they doing this?" So, anyway. Yeah, and that was that was kind of it. And then you got to look what was going on on the other side too. You know, like because there it really was two separate things going on in my career. It was them, and it was everything else I was doing with IWT, mm-hmm. and you know, and the, all the work that I was doing with Uncharted. So, and I was very much happy with what was happening on the other side of the fence. You know, I mean, I was got like Dylan Hells. Hey, he booked me better as a monster than anybody ever has in Uncharted. I mean, he just he he saw it, he got it, and and before I even got, it, he kept telling me he's like, you don't even understand what you've got here. You know what I mean? He was like, you you don't understand what you've got here, but I do, and I'm gonna help you get it. And then Danny as well in ICW. I mean, hey, look at the story we told in a in what most people you know consider garbage wrestling. But if you go, oh, back it was and look the best the, story in deathmatch wrestling, and one of the top ten in wrestling in general. The stuff with you and Casey and Brandon is unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, so great. If you go look on, if you see the clips, the some of the, it was so funny. I would tell Adam all the time. I was like, man, the clips from my death matches aren't of anything I did. It's just something me and Casey did, or some like it was. It wasn't even like a car crash. It was a wrestling story, and that would be yeah. the most shared clip we would get. So, uh, where, so yeah, where was, do you stand? Where do you stand now with ICW and IWTV? Oh, it, it's, listen, I've heard from five people regularly through all of this, through the through the shoulder and everything, um, mm-hmm. and it's been Dylan and Jerry and Adam, and then Ron, of course, always Ron. Um, but I mean, that's you know they're 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 behind me 100. percent They want me well. Yeah. They want me back. Um, there, it, there's, I'm not going away, um, in their mind. So they, they're, they're still, at, they're very protective of me, which I appreciate because like we just talked about earlier, you know, I want to be a part of a company and Hey, Jerry and, and these guys, they're trying to build something. They really are. Um, and hey, I like, I like it, you know, I like being a part of it. So and the beauty of that too is, you know, I still have the now I have the ability to seek other options. And I, you know, it's unfortunate because there was February was going to be a really good month for me. Um, you know, I was going over the UK. I had been, you know, I was going to go wrestle for One Pro, 
uh, in the UK, mm. which would have been a show that um, it was it was a really big show, and it's going to be on February 18th, so still happening, even though I'm not going to be there. But you know, there was just opportunities coming up. Even I had talked to AAA a little bit, and and they were interested. So it is what it is. <laughs> I'll I'll be back. So that's that's not to worry about, but I just have to start again, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't, you know, it, with the wrestling world in the ridiculous term. I'm, oh my god, I just saw the picture that you sent me on Messenger. I'm like, <laughs> I'm laughing pretty hard. And I'm like, you know, um, I mean, you're going to be at IWE this weekend, right? And yep. Yep. you know, like all this stuff's going on. I just can't help feel like in the middle of all this tumult and all this craziness, like to me, you know, the one negative about you being with MLW is it precluded you for being able to take advantage of like AEW (laughs) basically supporting independent wrestling throughout COVID. Right. I I think they don't get enough credit for basically just going, all right, it's not going to make us a dime. In fact, it's going to lose us money, but we're just going to overpay all these indie guys to come here and wrestle these things for YouTube in order to just kind of keep wrestling afloat. Um, And I was like, God, if anybody could, I mean, if they used Baron Black 50 times, they would have used you a hundred, you know what I mean? And so it's like, I just can't help but feel like, this will be the year. I mean, I know it's disappointing. I would be disappointed to lose the opportunity to wrestle, you know, in England and that kind of thing for sure. But I can't help but feel like between AEW and all these different things going on, even the fact that, you know, like, like you said, Ron, and when I think Ron, who I'm having lunch with next week, I mean, like, you know, he went to XPW and he's making crazy money relatively and Schlack and all of those guys. Like, I can't help but feel like this is going to be your best money-making year in wrestling. And I can't wait to see it happen basically. Cause you deserve it. You deserve it. And wherever you end up, if it's with a bigger company like AEW, I mean, they will benefit. <clears throat> they will see the benefit immediately. Um, I just hope, whichever group really gets a hold of you um, has that sort of Dylan Hale's instinct of, we know, we know what we want to do and we know that you can deliver it. Cause that's the, that's the thing is you're going to deliver. It's never a question of whether you're going to have physically be able to do what you want to do. That's not a question. It's not a question of, is your presence going to be enough physically? Of course, that's always there. It's just a matter of, is somebody going to really work with you who's got a real mind for how to do things? And I think this is the year where that really happens for you in a big way. So. And that's, that's what I hope too, you know, and you, you touched base on it there, but I can tell you with full confidence that I know exactly what I have now and what this is i've seen it in front of people you know i was kind of kind of crippled a little bit in georgia unfortunately because introducing cruel to georgia it didn't have the same effect because they knew they they've been with me all along 
which is cool in a sense because they've got an interesting backstory that other people don't. But these places and these crowds and these people who are just now being introduced to me and and cruel and what it is, I hear it and I see it, and and that's how I, you know I know I'm like okay, when when I can just step out and or even just move in a certain way and hear everyone in the room react to that, that's when you know you've got people's attention. Mm. And, and you know, I, t- I said it earlier, but that was what I was always missing before. As, yes, I was a big guy. Yes, I could do things that maybe a big guy shouldn't do or, you know, shouldn't be able to do. And, but it, there was there was so much more there that I didn't have yet. What's your, um, so, yeah. what's your timetable for when you'll be um, good to go? Um, I don't know. And that's not to say I don't like, I, uh, I will tell you that I'm doing amazing. Um, Great. I've, I've, <laughs> I listen, I'm not going to do anything half-assed. I, I just can't. And it's not in my, it's not, it's just not the way I'm made. So, you know, I made the decision when this happened, when the injury happened, uh, there was like a probably a two-week thing where I kind of went through the mental process of it all and dealt with it. And and it was like, you know what? There's nothing else on the face of the earth that makes me happy as far as working goes than wrestling. And so I'm not going to quit. I'm not going away. But the only way I'm coming back is to come back better. And that was I stuck it in my head right then, and I've been working ever since. Outstanding. Well, I'm sure Ron and I have a lot to talk about, <laughs> and I'm sure you'll come up more than once. Um, you know, I I just again, you have so much to be proud of, and um, I I'm really excited when I heard about the MLW release. Um, or when you told me, I, my first reaction was like, and it's easy for me to say, cause I'm not, it's not me, but I was excited when my first initial reaction was, Oh, I felt like you're free. <laughs> and I know yeah. that's probably no, that's too simple, but too. No, it's, yeah, it's, it is. It's, true. It's, it's how I felt too, because like I said, I just, I had, been the yes guy the entire time I was there. I had done anything asked of me. Yeah. And without question, without hesitation, I did it. And but I got to the point where I I I had taken all that information, I had learned and listened and done what I was supposed to do and created exactly what you would want as a boss to make you money. Like I there it was. I I did it. And you can't figure out what to do with it, then it's time to move on. I mean, that's just real life. If you're you one know, you of can't... the four guys, if they make action figures and they pick four and you're one of the four, what that should mean is that you're at the top of the pyramid and they should have an angle for you all the time. And the fact that they right. don't, and, I mean, one of those other four guys, I mean, it's, it's Hammerstone, it's Fatu, it's you, and it's Davey Richards. No, that's and, I mean, Killer Cross. Oh, right, right. Believe it or not. 
<laughs> and it's like, I don't know, man. And, and, and you know, you have a sort of a unique thing. And I'm like, I love Jacob, right? Every time I've seen him in Florida, just like, God, he's just got it. He's just got that thing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yes, he does. And, and, and it's just, it just feels like, I, it felt like, I mean, and you can disagree with this or not, or correct me or not, it felt like the MLW thing came along at the right time. But it feels it like it's, it, it now no longer should be. And, like, you're, right. ready for, you're ready for something else. I mean, to, you know, to put a fine point on it, I think the next place you go will be the place, you know, the place that you're really supposed to be for the remainder of your career. And I could be exaggerating that, but um, the next move will feel like a, a definite move up um, where you can really make your stamp on a national level. And that's very that's, exciting. That's, that's definitely where I'm working for. So I, I hope that you're right, but I'm not going to stop plugging away until it happens. So, Yeah. Super cool. Well, thanks. Thanks so much for uh, giving us your time and, uh, I believe it oh, is. Oh, yeah. You got Ace coming on? Is Ace, is Ace yeah. coming on tonight? Yeah. Yes, we do have Ace. All right. Well, I'm sure. Is he? Well, tell him. Or if he can, can he hear me? Put him on. Let's do this. We're going off script. <laughs> yeah. He, he's in there. I'll bring him on. Here he is now. Please. There he is. Ace. Hello. Ace. Hey, buddy. Hello, friend. Can you hear me? I can hear you. All right. Hey, these guys won't know anything about Seduce and Destroy, so I'll let you tell them that story. But just remember, it, we, we were a tag team before anybody knew who we were. We were. We were. I love you, I love you, buddy. I hope you get better, all right? I love you too, Logan. Thank you, man. All right, guys. See you all. All Thanks, right. <laughs> Seduce and Destroy? What is this shit, Ace? <laughs> seduce and destroy. You got to tell us about seduce and destroy real quick, man. You know, in a galaxy far, far away, a long time ago, uh, Logan Creed had hair, and we were both down. We were both down in GCW in Phoenix City, and Drew Golden walked up to me, and I had been kind of like going through a revolving door of tag team partners there. So he walks up to me and he's like, hey, I got this guy for you. Uh, he's grander and shit. He's horrible. But I think we can make something out of it. And I was like, okay, cool. It's better than what I've been doing. So Logan walks up to me and says, hey, I'm Logan Trade. I'm the shit. And uh, <laughs> he was not wrong. Uh, but we had a lot of fun, man. And uh, it was crazy just seeing, for me, Logan the first time and like, Knowing he was green, you could see it. You could see he was green, but I could see that just the the instincts and the cadence that he had. Like his timing was really good to be so green, and like he just he made he made good decisions even if the execution wasn't there yet. Um, and then to, you know to see where he ended up, uh, super proud of that. It was a great run. It was fun. Uh, it was the first time, to my knowledge, that Logan did the Undertaker stuff. Um, we were in a tag match. I caught a dive. He's like, oh, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. Uh, we go up there, hits the dive. It's, you know, beautiful. 
and uh, we'll get to the bank. And he's like, yeah, I've never done that before. But I, I didn't want to tell you that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Ace, what, 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 what year are we talking about now that you're, you're referencing here? Oh, boy. We're talking 2014, 2013. Okay. This, this has been a minute. This has been a minute. Um, good times, though. Good times, man. I had a blast down there. Like, you know, I, a lot of people have mixed feelings about W and Phoenix City, and I'm sure there's a lot of information that I'm not privy to. Uh, but I had a lot of fun. I worked with a lot of cool guys down there. Um, I really, really love that audience. And I hate that there's not really anything going that way anymore. No, it's dead over there. It really is. I recently heard, in a weird aside, what was the name of the booker there for Diane Hughes? That guy? Quentin. Quentin Michael. I heard I heard from I heard from him out of nowhere. Um, he just like, oh, I just wanted to tell you that I really appreciate, you know, <laughs> and I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> Cause I guess he had heard that I wasn't like doing as much in the Georgia wrestling scene. And he was just like, dude, uh, he's like, you know, you're infuriating, but I look back on it and just go like, man, that guy really told it how it was, you know? <laughs> that, that guy, I know we're, go, we're, we're going on an aside here, but that, that guy hated me. And the last time I saw him, we really we really had a nice conversation. He was at Dragon Con, but I missed him. I didn't know he was there. But yeah, it's funny how things change. So so Ace, I'm looking at the pictures of the last show, and it's you and Tyler Culprit and other people. It's so cool, um, and I know it's really great that people are rallying around. But I, I just gotta know first and foremost, like how are you feeling physically, and how are you doing mentally? I just imagine this has got to be so arduous on you. Sure, and you know honestly, that's something that you know I did want to address tonight because physically. 99% of the time, I feel great. Um, you know, other than, you know, I get winded easily, um, and I'm just not in what little bit of shape I was in. I'm not because I've not been clear to do any kind of strenuous stuff like that. Um, but physically, I feel fine most of the time. It's just that 1% of the time, I'm dead. You know, my heart stopped. Um, and then that's, that's serious business. Um but in terms of like how I'm doing on a day-to-day, I feel fine. Um, you know, I, I'm doing okay. Um, I'm not where I want to be, but I, I feel positive about going into this. I feel positive about what we're going to do. I'm very optimistic. But mentally, it's been hard. Um, you know, I'm very anxious. It is a relatively new procedure that they're doing. Um, there's not a lot of background on it. A lot of people have not had it done in the way that I'm going to have it done. So, you know, that's worrisome. Um, and, of course, all the anxiety that goes along with any time that you have a procedure like that done, especially to your heart. Yeah. Um, it's stressful, sure. It hasn't exactly been a smooth road for you or pro-South since the middle of last year, has it? No, it has not been. You know, this year was – or last year was definitely not our year. Um, I feel like we were, you know, having a, a pretty good year until uh, – until Farewell Southern Avenue, and then, you know, it, it was kind of a rocky start coming back. Um, 
you know, we got some we got some great talent in. The shows just weren't clicking. They just the content wasn't there. Um, I feel like, and and I can admit that. You know, looking at the year, the last six months of the year, you know, um, it's definitely not what I would want to be remembered on, for sure. Um, but a lot of guys were working really hard. You know, there was a lot of good matches in there. Um, even if the you know the overall quality of the show just wasn't up to what it had been. But I feel, again, you know, I'm very optimistic about what we have going on. We've got some guys coming back. Um, guys are hitting us wide, and I feel like we're going to have a whole lot better 2023 than we did of the 2022. Well, and even even in the midst of all that, you know, there were some really bright lights. Um, you know, I think of the, the run that uh, Jay Lucas had there and Terry Yaki and, and what's happened with Aaron Dallas there. For you guys, I mean, guys are getting opportunities and taking advantage of those opportunities that, that you're giving them. And that's, that's been really great to see in the midst of all the, you know, in, in the midst of some of the difficulties. Of course. And, you know, and it's, and it's a prison ground show. You know, we, we've, we've talked about that. We've harped on that. Uh, you know, I don't know that anyone that has been paying attention is unaware that pro stuff is, you know, that's, that's where these new talents that come in, they get their start. And, yeah, that's that's going to be a side effect of that. You know, the, the shows are not always going to be the most well executed, top to bottom. Uh, when you have, you know, a, a roster that's predominantly younger talent, predominantly rookies, or just you know, young prospects that are coming up. You know, that's that's potholes that's going to go with that road. Um, but at the same time, it's a very necessary road, and most people aren't willing to hit those potholes to help these guys out. And that's right. that's where that's right. where we the food chain. Yeah, yeah. I don't. You know, something that I, in addition to the fact that Pro South is a place where you learn, um, something I've always appreciated in the well in the last few years is how honest. And I'm sure Larry would agree with me on this. How honest Ace is. How honest you are um, about the state of things, what you're trying to do, um, and that kind of thing, because. One of the things that does rub me the wrong way about a lot of places in Georgia for wrestling is it's just a constant stream of bullshit. Like it's a constant stream of people disavowing themselves of things or, you know, it drives me crazy. It drives me crazy when like Southern honor for, I'll just call it out since we're, you know, we're also in award season, right? Like they know that this is the year where they're probably going to get their comeuppance. Right. And so the attitude is, well, I just didn't care about it. (laughs) Like everything coming out of that, that camp is, well, it just didn't matter. Or people are just mad at it. Like they can never just take responsibility and go, a lot of the stuff we did was shit and our crowds dropped. Right. They have to, there's always an excuse or we didn't really care. Um, But with ACE, like, I think one of the important things and one of like the things that made you sort of elevated you in the eyes of so many is you just fucking shot straight about stuff. It's just like, this didn't work. This does work. Um, We're trying to do this. Our goal is this. And then you just keep plugging away. And, and as somebody who used to, I mean, I always see you as a peer, not just in the sense of like, we both run things and blah, blah, blah. But I saw a peer as in, okay, this is a guy who had very similar, has very similar goals to what I had, 
right? Which is like, I mean, let's be brutal. And I'm sure Larry would back me up on this. A lot of the guys you use, most people would say, shouldn't be wrestling anywhere. And, and I ran into that a lot, <laughs> right? Like, what the fuck? This guy's terrible. This guy's blah, blah, blah. This guy doesn't look the part. But I know as well as you do and everybody knows, like, but they have to wrestle somewhere. Someone's got to give them a chance. And why not a group that actually cares, that will actually book them with some care and put them in real angles and allow them to grow? Um, like, those places don't really exist except at ProSouth. Anarchy's not that group anymore. Even PCW's not really that group anymore. Um, you know, that ProSouth is that weird juncture of quality and a place where you can learn that has a real teacher's instinct. Um, and I think he deserves so much credit for that. Um, it's, it's an invaluable service in the wrestling community. It is invaluable. Well, that means a lot, Stephen. And, you know, to, to add to that, um, we have a great team here from, you know, from everyone who works together in production to, you know, the creative forces to the, uh, to the team of veterans that are in the locker room. Cause everyone here has the mindset of what's best for the team. What's best for the show. What's going to, what's going to be the best way here to, you know, get this guy better or make this angle work or what the character thing this guy can do. Like it's, it's all very, it's all very brotherhood. It's all very teamwork. Um, oriented here, and I think that's just the difference is, you know, there's just not that other people don't care about what they're doing, but ours is very much we've never really uh, we've never seen a passion project, uh, we call it what it is, and the town treated it, so you kind of get a different level of effort from that because now they're looking at, you know, I like what I'm doing, what I want to do, um, and that happiness level, you know, it it, it changes the work ethic as well. And and when you get, if you do get someone in who's not of that mindset, not to mention any names, um, they don't stick around. No, no, it, and, and we don't we don't do that. You know, uh, we don't do that. And I I don't feel like there's you know really anyone that's irreplaceable. Um, I have people I wouldn't want to lose, but you know we don't we don't do a lot of attitude in our locker room. We don't do a lot of ego in our locker room. Um, you know, you either come in and be ready to be a team player and you know do what's best for the product and for the team involved, or you know you can you can find somewhere else to work. Um, we just don't put up with a lot of that. And not to mention, you're the only ones doing, at least that I'm aware of, anywhere in the area doing a weekly format. Um, well, well, one of the things I've learned from you, Ace, is you, 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 you know, you, you digest what's what's happened, and you look back at the show, but you don't have time to dwell on it because you got another one coming up in seven days <laughs> every week. Exactly, man. And, and you know, and and you kind of learn to roll with the punches that way, you know, because I don't. If I get a bad report, if I, you know, if I, if I check my email and and I get the uh, the Georgia Wrestling History report in, and it's it's not a good one, you know, I have about. 30 seconds, I can dwell on it, and then I've got to go back to, you know, what's next. Um, 
probably for the best. <laughs> and it really is. It really is. I mean, not that I, I – I care about every show that we promote. I care about every content that I produce. Um, very emotionally invested in all of it. But, you know, once it's in the can, it's in the can. And yeah. You, well, you got to move on. Focus on what's <laughs> I know people thought I was arrogant, but I would go like, when you're doing hundreds of shows instead of dozens, it's a different mindset. It's just like you're, you know, it's storytelling is different. Um, the, you know, and all of a sudden, the things that cause other leads' hearts to stop, I used to just laugh about. I would hear about like, well, you know, so and so went down with an injury or so-and-so couldn't be there. So we had to completely, and you know, these leagues are pulling their hair out over, you know, some major piece isn't there. And I just laugh and I go like, that was out of, I remember that out of my first 200 booking sheets, two, two first 200 went off as written down. <laughs> like once you do enough shows, you just realize like ah, rolling with it while maintaining the stories that you want to tell in some way, shape, or form is what it's all about. And, you know, I do feel bad for these leads. I mean, because seeing the rise of the once-a-month show, and now this year in the awards, without giving too much away, I mean, these shows that do six shows a year only are kind of risen in prominence. But I do feel bad for those shows in the sense that they feel like they have to hit every show out of the park, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to sort of generating a groundswell and having show they, you, the, the advantage is you have the option of doing shows where you're moving things over by degrees instead of cosmic shifts, right? You don't have to do a, a, a swerve every show like these other or every show has to have some kind of cataclysmic huge thing happen or they feel like they're going to lose their audience for you guys it's your audience that you have i mean they're with you right they're like all right and that can be negative because they're they're a lot harder to reach in some ways but boy when you reach them i mean i've been in that building and when something works it really works and um, i just you know I'm so glad I went that one time. I'm so glad I got to experience it live. And uh, I just, you know, when you go through the surgery, what's going to be great is there's so many people want the best for you. And the reason is you've earned that. You've really earned people's respect and their love. And that's the part that, I mean, I, you know, I'll very well tell you, I'm the one who's like, we got to have Ace on because you need to hear that. Uh, I think you need to know that. Um, I'm sure you already know it, but like people love you and they love Amy and you're such an integral part of the scene. If there's a Mount Rushmore of important figures that wrestle in the area, I think you're on that Mount Rushmore of just guys who are just so important um, to what's going on right now. That mean, that means a lot. That's high praise. Um, you know, especially coming from someone that I look up to like I do you, Steve. Um, you know, that that does really mean a lot. I don't know that necessarily everyone would agree with that sentiment. Um but 
I wish they would. I, you know, I, I do put in the work, um, you know, but that's the, the praise and the appreciation is not what I wanted out of it when I put it in. I just wanted to leave wrestling better than I found it, um, than it was presented to me in in whatever way that I could. And helping the green guys or helping the guys that maybe maybe aren't exactly green anymore but just haven't had the, the proper guidance, um, you know, helping them along the way and, and getting them to where, you know, you guys said it, people saying they don't belong in the ring, this, that, and the other thing, but then in a year, they're at the top of their card. Um, you know, and we've seen that happen time and time again. People that have come here that weren't really on the radar at all, and then a year later, you know, they're in the main event matches or they're the pushed guy, and, you know, maybe they're not even here anymore. Um, you know, and, and that's kind of part of the process, you know. Um, come here, get yeah, on the radar. That that happens over and over in there, where you get guys get they get better, they get noticed, and then you you can't get bookings on them because they they're they've you know and, and I know and that's and that's part of what you do you you help get people to that next level where they're getting bookings in other places. Um, it's 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 really a, a a fun process to see. I wanted to ask you about something, Ace. You know when um, Adam Roberts came over and uh, you did that in ring seg- segment with Adam. And he talked about, you know, that you have a lot to offer to wrestling if you don't wrestle again. Now, I, you know, I think this procedure is going to be a success, and I think you're going to be back in the ring. But I wondered how that hit you when he was talking about what you have to offer if you don't wind up being able to continue to wrestle. Uh, you know, I mean, I felt that. Uh, you know, Adam was my trainer, but, you know, he was my mentor in a lot of ways, too, long beyond – uh, once we were finished training, and I just I've looked up to him so you know so strongly for so long, um, and I feel like he's one of those people that was never really appreciated for the mind that he had. Um, you know, a lot of people don't know who he is. A lot of people don't recognize the name, uh, and I really hate that because he's so smart. He's still smart about wrestling, um, and for someone like that, you know, to tell me that hey, you know, you've got a lot to offer even if you don't get in the ring again. Um, you know, that means a lot, and it makes me feel very, very bright about my future. Um, and, again, you know, Larry, you and I have had the conversation. I do not think what I offer is in-ring wrestling. Um, you know, I'm not horrible. I'm not the worst. Uh, but my greatest strength is not being able to get in the ring and wrestle. Um, I would like to, selfishly. I would like to be able to come back um, and at least tell an exit story in a way that I want to, instead of mm-hmm. being in the middle of an angle um, and getting sick and just being told that I can't wrestle anymore. Uh, there's something that bothers me as a person. Um, there's something that bothers me as a person with that. Um, as a wrestler, you know, I've, I've wrestled. Guys, I've wrestled for 14 years. You know, I've got to wrestle pretty much everyone realistically that I wanted to wrestle. I got to do something with at some point. Um I'm proud of the body of work that I've amassed. I'm, you know, super proud of the rivalries and the angles that, that I've done that stand out. Um, and in, in terms of not being able to wrestle anymore, I've come to peace with that. Mm-hmm. I'm just not at peace with how I exited. Um, so that's something mm-hmm. that's weighed heavily on me, is being able to have this procedure, being able to come back, even if, you know, I know I have a timetable or if I know I'm coming back to do a one-match thing. Like, I just want to go out on some kind of, some kind of closure on my own terms than just being told I can't. Um, 
but of course, you know, I'm going to do I'm going to do whatever doctors tell me to do. Um, sure, sure. Um, what uh, what have we got? Can you clue us any anything of what we've got to look forward to from ProSouth in the coming months? I mean, I see you've got a very good card coming up Friday night. Uh, for one, sure. But um, <laughs> and has, you got you got Sarah and Arrow on the show, and then of course you got Joe Black versus Brandon Watley in the No Holds Barred, just for starters. Finally, just to get get to the finish line there. Uh, you know, <laughs> a match that was so hard to get to come to fruition, but we're finally here. I think um, I'm really excited to see that go down Friday. Uh, you know, I. I think I think Brendan Watley is going to pull most improved this year, or at least I think he should. Um, but you have a lot, you know, you have a lot of pro style talent that really should have been in that conversation. You know, Aaron Dallas uh, has had such an incredible year, and all side heroes are leaps and bounds above the tag team that they were last year. Um, you know, even Exotic Youth, who were on top last year, have just gotten immensely better this year. Uh, you know, in the past twelve months, so you know that's a, that's a fairly competitive field, but, you know, I feel like there's a lot in our locker room alone that you can make an argument for uh, in that category alone. But Agreed. in the next month, I think, you know, there's a lot to look forward to. We're very revitalized in terms of our booking. Uh, I, I feel like we have some more stability to who we're using right now. So I think you're going to see that translate in the writing um, and, you know, in the, the booking moving forward, just stability and, and a little more structure. And then, of course, you know, our production, we keep doing things that upgrade our production every day. So, um, you know, I'm actively over here tonight working something for Friday. I think you're just going to see, that, you know, the, the stream's going to become better produced. And then, of course, you know, the shows are going to be better formulated and uh, better executed moving forward. Are you happy with the new building? I am. I am. I'm happy uh, with the, the new building. Of course, you know, the new building brings new pressures. Uh, it is a bigger facility, so it does require a good bit of cleaning. It, you know, it does require a good bit of maintenance compared to the last building, as well as the, you know, the expenses that come with it, with it being as big as it is. Um, you know, the footage doesn't do it justice. If you've never actually been to the new building, uh, it's massive. It, it's, it's a massive facility. Um it's absolutely 100% way bigger than anything we've ever needed. Um, but it was just, you know, it was just a step we had to take. Um, but I'm, I'm happy with it, and I'm happy with how it's set up. You know, when you when you go and you watch it on the stream now, um, it doesn't look that different from Southern Avenue. No, um, it really doesn't. Know, it's on TV, it doesn't look that much different. Exactly. Like, you know, there's, there's very little tell to change. Um you know, and I feel the same way about when you come into the building. You know, you come into the building and, you know, you're like, okay, this is a different building. And then the lights go off and you're like, no, this is process. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we were very, you know, mindful of that when we were doing the, the, the remodel or the setup for the building was to go, how make this feel as much home? It's not home. You know, it's not home. Um, it'll, it'll take a decade for it to feel like home. But... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but it's pro style, you know, and it and it feels very pro style. Um and, and I'm proud of the setup that we get we got together. All right, Ace, I have a completely out of the box weird question. Oh, um Stephen, the Stephen Platinum special. <laughs> yes. 
So going into this surgery, do you have any kind of like superstitions or any kind of thing that you, that gives you like comfort beyond the obvious, obviously you have a loving wife and family and all that good happy horse shit. I'm talking about something fucking weird where you feel like, all right, I need to have this in place or I need to, I don't know, uh, have your magic blankie or whatever the fuck. Do you have any kind of weird superstitions when it comes to shit like this? Oh, man, I don't. I'm, I'm just kind of going balls to the wall on it, you know, and just all in. Um, but, you know, over the past seven months, I've learned a lot about myself. And, uh, mm. you know, I... There's a, there's a part of me that kind of kind of feels like I I can't die and stay dead, um, you know. I'm, I'm fairly good at dying. <laughs> Real good at the dying thing. Been doing it a few times, you know. Had a little bit of practice over the past, but uh, but just can't stay dead. So. <laughs> That's, I mean, that's a good, I'm sure you sold effectively, to be fair. And like, (laughs) I mean, I just, I I don't feel like you're ready to shake loose this mortal coil yet. Uh, No. Which, which is unfortunate, because if you would die, then I'm sure they would at least name an award after you at this debacle that's about to happen on the 20th. Oh, come on. (laughs) Oh, there's a question. There's another crazy question. So, Ace, if you could have any of the Georgia Wrestling History Awards named after you, which one would you want named after you and why? Because you've worn worn every hat of every one of those awards. So, No, I'll be honest. The one that would mean the most would be Mentors. Um, Mm. That's that's the one that I've really chased. Um, You know, Booker's great. Um, and, and, you know, that'd be really cool to win or have named after me or anything like that. But really, you know, what I got in for was yep. um, and that's kind of the hat that I wear more than anything else. I that's agree. That's the one that would make Yes. And uh, we're, you weren't up for that this year, were you? My God. William Huckabee, Larry. William Huckabee. So if you're loud long enough, you're a mentor. Fuck that guy. Like, (laughs) I'll tell you, Ace, I was sweating bullets looking at the results of the awards. I was just like, oh, my God, because all of them, I will say, with the exception of one or two, which are probably pretty obvious that they were going to win, all the rest were like back and forth and back and forth. And I would just, every time I would click on the laptop, I would just go like, Oh my God, (laughs) you know, it's such a tumultuous year. Um, But I have a feeling, I mean, you're going to be good. Going to come out of the surgery and I can't wait to see the kind of, um, you know, the mentoring going on. Yes. But you know, there's something about pro South that's really special and really kind of like almost hell raising. I mean, the fact that you don't have a guy like Tyler culprit, who's a great example of a guy who nobody would have given them the chance that you did. And I think the return from him was like tenfold, you know, so I don't know just what a creative guy he is how good he is at getting shit done. And now he doesn't do the wrestling thing anymore, but you're getting to see that translate into his kind of new life with his new venture. And I mean, it's places like pro South and guys like you that help facilitate that. So you're, you know, you got, you got some work left to do. 
before you become um, a bitter old guy like me who just uh, takes cheap shots <laughs> from a different state. <laughs> Maybe someday that will be you <laughs> from Alabama. <laughs> and I got to come see this new spot. I got to come see the new spot. What, what is the name of the town that it's in? Is it, is it, it's not still Piedmont, is it? It is still Piedmont? Oh, my God. That means I'll get to yeah. stay in that hotel again. It's just on the other side of town from where they were before. A little, little okay. spot, yeah, yeah. But I got to get, I can get the room without the flies. <laughs> <laughs> that was a crazy story. But Ace, is there anything else you want to say? I mean, uh, by the way, there's a GoFundMe um, for Ace. If you want to contribute to that, I I insist that you do so. And uh, all the well wishes and all of that are coming your way, but. Um, is there anything that you want to say? It's only right that you close this thing out, Ace. Yeah. Sure. Uh, well, you know, I appreciate everyone you know, that had kind words for me or support uh, or, you know, reached out to my wife and all my ongoing health stuff. Uh, but at the same time, you know, use use my experiences as, as a life lesson um, because in a lot of ways, you know, we're not promised any time. So, you know, all this, all these rest-based these turf wars and all this, you know, dumbass wrestling mess that we let us let bother us. Um, mm. You know, sometimes sometimes it's important that you take a step back and just kind of look at it in the grand scheme of things, and you know, consider the scale, um, and just think about you know if that's really important or not. Uh, you know, I've really dwelled a lot on if something was to happen to me or if I was you know to uh, take a turn for the worse, how people would feel about me. Um, or what people would think about me, and I've really tried to take that into consideration, especially over the past, you know, eight months to a year. But you know, especially the past few years, where I've tried to rehab my image um, as much as I could. Is I, I don't want people to think ill of me. I don't want people to have you know bad a saving stories and bad a saving experiences. Um, but above that, you know, I don't want people to think ill of Hubei either. Um, you know, I am a real person outside of a wrestling character and outside of a, an in-ring character, uh, I am a real human being. And, you know, I, a lot of that, a lot of that dwells heavy on me. So just, you know, I, I would like to reach out to everyone and just say, like, hey, you know, if you've got wrestling crap going on and it's just wrestling crap, let that stuff go, man. Like, Absolutely. Move on from that. Uh, you know, grow up and just move on from that kind of mess and, like, you know, you don't want to work with somebody, move on from it. But, like, just think about how people will feel about you tomorrow if you're gone. That's, and that's kind of really been my mindset for a while now. Yeah. And, I mean, because there's always somebody else out there to say Dump Sanders is a piece of shit. You don't have to do it. <laughs> so. Exactly. In fact, but, Ace, I mean, it's um, all the best. I mean, I, you know, when I think back in like 2010, 2011, when I'm doing my thing, and it's like the way that you have really come on and just guided and helped so many people, and now you know people are showing that love back to you. It's it's one of those it's one of those few times that you can feel really good about wrestling in general, but really, you know. I think you're a testament to, of course, it's wonderful that you're this 
kind of great wrestling person, but but you're a good person. Um, and I think that's the part that's really shown through in the last few years. And, um, of course, wish you and Amy and the kids all the best. Um, and, you know, Larry, the fact that Larry continues to watch those shows tells me a lot um, because he feels – honor bound to do it not that he doesn't enjoy doing it but just knowing larry as i do i just go like he recognizes how important that show is um and that's that's purely a product of you and a handful of others that have worked to make that thing really go and you have so much to be proud of um and a beautiful family and i wish you to be continue to enjoy and for all of us to benefit from all of your hard work in the future. I think it's going to be great. I appreciate that. That means a lot, guys. I, I, and, you know, Larry's reports are, are integral to our business model, too. Uh, you know, I don't always take them as the gospel, but we do get a lot of good information from them. Um, you know, I'm sure Larry can see, you know, things that he's missed reports have been taken to heart by us and the, you know, the operation structure or the actual talent itself. Um, you know, a lot of that information trickles down and the guys actually listen to it. Um, so, you know, it benefits them as well. Uh, that's nice to hear. And I've really enjoyed the rapport we have built over the last few years, Ace, <laughs> about various things. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. And I, uh, I appreciate it. And, uh, as Steve just said, I wish you all the best with this surgery, and I'm sure, I feel very certain it's going to go just fine. Thank you. I feel great about it, my Excellent. Well, thank you, Ace, for being on. And, um, of course, you know, all the best with your surgery and with everything else you got going on. And, yeah, we we love you, man, and... We can't wait to talk to you again soon enough. Thank you, guys. I love you guys, and I love pro wrestling. <laughs> Take care. Well, Larry, this was quite the show. Yeah. Between the WWE madness and Cruel. I thought Cruel was very honest and open about the MLW experience that he had. Agreed. Agreed. I thought that was super a, yeah, cool. It's been and it was nice to do a nice long show with you again. We haven't done one like this in a while, mm-hmm. so it was. It was I, I really enjoyed it, and I hope we can get back on here in a couple of weeks after the award stuff is all done and whatever this event turns out to be or not to be. And I'm hoping we'll have um, for one uh, Deep South Booker Eric Adams on, and hopefully we can do that two weeks from tonight. Right on. And, of course, those awards are happening on the 20th. I'm seeing people begin to promote it more, <laughs> like, um, you know, Zach Mosley put up a really hilarious post about it, actually. <laughs> and um, I'll have to check that out. <laughs> folks, there's a good – I'll just say this, and it's going to sound crazy that I'm doing a promo for this awards gala, but I'm doing a promo for the awards gala. This thing, my prediction is this is the only one of its kind that will ever happen. Now, I could be wrong about that. But the only thing I know for sure is there is going to be a host 
of stories coming out of this thing that, (laughs) and I'm like, how many times in life do you have a chance to go witness something that is going to be an undeniable historical event in our little world? Yeah. Along those lines, Steve, if this is the only one, and I tend to think that could be the case, do you really want to miss it if you've got a chance to be there, if it is going to be the only one? You want to see it. I'm just for the red carpet alone. I'm sure people are going to be texting and calling me constantly. I can't wait. Um, and I'll just, I can just say this as a guy who, I mean, it's, it's the worst kept secret at this point that I definitely helped with the election process and making sure everything was on the up and up folks. You don't want to miss this. Some of the speeches we're going to hear, they can tell people all day, you only have a minute to give your speech. I know for a fact, a couple of these motherfuckers, you will be lucky to try to, it ain't happening. Naja and Tyreek can fucking think whatever the fuck they want. They don't know shit. You are not going to get some of these winners off of that microphone in a minute because they got some shit to say. And for I, for one, cannot wait to hear from them. <laughs> so <laughs> definitely check that out on the 20th. And like Larry said, we're going to be back in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, can you imagine where, where we're going to be in the state of wrestling in a couple of weeks? Because I do want to talk about that AEW idea. Um, you know, it's just the WWF thing. It's just it's just. Yeah, you know, well, we got, overshadowing we, we'll, everything. We'll get right to now. that. That'll still there'll be time for that the next time to get to that idea because that's definitely something we got to talk about. You got it. Well, all the best to Ace Haven and to Cruel. Thank you guys for being on. And then for Larry Goodman, I'm Stephen Platinum. Thank you for joining us for the Tipping Point. Thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.